0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, post-brain injury coming home from the hospital, it could feel like you're coming out of the dark. And I'm here with Tymeek Hawkins, who is becoming the light. So I became the light for
2: myself in hopes of becoming the light for you.
0: Hey, 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 hey. Boom! Intro done. Let's go. <laughs> Hi, I'm Joe,
1: and I'm Lauren,
0: and we are the, the Neuro, Neuro nerds.
1: nerds. Yes, that was okay, a time I,
0: I feel pretty good. On, I feel pretty good about that. Neuro Nerds. Welcome to the Neuro Nerds. Once again, say it every week, meet every week. It's a very special episode. I have with me in studio, live like three feet away from me. Timeek, what's going on, Timeek? What's going on, Joe? Oh shit. Yeah, that's right. That's not like from a computer. This is literally we are in the exact same room. I had the pleasure of meeting this dude over here. And I gotta tell you, it's been pretty spectacular.
2: It's been it's been amazing. So it's from going from the, doing the first episode on the, over
0: the computer to meeting in person, it's is been a great experience. So the first episode we ever did for the NeuroNerds was one of my uh, Amplified Black Voices uh, series, which I thought was excellent. You know, you gave a great perspective um, uh, on your end. You just so happened to be a black man. Right, right. Uh, am I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and going through everything that was going on in the world at that time, going through that as a black man, as a stroke survivor, it was a lot. There was a lot of heaviness in the air. And I think you know, you gave a lot of great perspective uh, to the world. And you are here with me today talking about some other great things for the community, for the world. You just did something spectacular.
2: Yeah. You yeah. Wrote, so I just You wrote a book. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Um, of course, as we we talked about, I had I had a brainstem, a hemorrhagic brainstem stroke in 2019 that I I would say I made a, a miraculous recovery. I, I feel that I am a miracle. From that, I just felt it was so important to give back the knowledge from my experience because I was so blessed to make such a recovery that I wanted to just help as many people as I can. And the easiest way to do that was, was for me to write a book. I got a lot of questions in my my inbox, whether it was Instagram or Facebook, and I wanted to be able to reach as many people and answer as many questions as possible. So I figured, hey, let's get vulnerable. Let's write a book and it's called becoming the light
0: navigating darkness after a stroke that that is the perfect description of what it's like after a stroke darkness is a lot of darkness you know you definitely need lights and unfortunately not every one of us has that you know some of us have it in like we have that inner thing in us we have that got to figure out a way to keep pushing forward some of us need that from someone else you know and if they don't know another person to do that, I think that's what's so beautiful about writing a book and sharing this. Mm-hmm. Somebody can find that and you can be that absolute light in their darkness, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I I felt like at, at 29, I was so young when it, when it happened, I didn't know where to go to look for light. So in terms, my and when the fight or flight kicked in, it was just a fight. And I became, my, my my saying to myself is I became the light for myself so I could be the light for you. I love that. That's how, you know, I heard so much of keep being a light when I was in the hospital or I was in the acute, the acute rehab facility. It was, hey, man, you're like a rock star of this floor. And, you know, you're such a light. You bring the energy. in, you know, I heard it so much that I was like, hey, this is a book title. It's a hell of a <laughs> book title. Um, so yeah, it was just for me, I think it began from when I was a kid. I'm always smiling. I'm always happy. I'm always laughing, being my, my true, my true self, as I'm looking at the word true up there. And, you know, I just, just wanted to, to
0: help. Thank you to our amazing community on Patreon for supporting this podcast.
1: You can support us too and get different perks and gifts depending on which Neuro Jedi tier you sign up for. For example... If you're on our Neuro Padawan $5 tier, then you're probably listening to this episode a day early before it's public release.
0: Your support helps us grow and continue to create this podcast. Plus, a portion of the proceeds go to a different cause or individual in the brain injury survivor community each month. Sign up at patreon.com slash
2: the neuronerds. As many people as possible. And it started, I remember laying in my hospital bed uh two things the first thing i told my mom is that if i could just inspire one person from my recovery you know it was a job well done to me and what sparked that was i was watching a story of a war veteran who had a brain injury after a landmine accident yeah. and it impacted me so much
0: that i just wanted to to pass it on and do the same thing moving forward so just paying it forward i think that's the most selfless thing any of us can do, you know, some people are like, Oh, well you're writing a book. That's like, that's for you. Yeah. You know, for, to a certain amount, it kind of has to be, you kind of have to want to do these things, but sharing it with the world, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And having the energy behind it is, yeah, I'm sharing this for me in my recovery, but I'm also sharing it because I want somebody else to have a step ahead than I had, you know?
2: So for me, yeah, it was about writing a book that I wish that I had in recovery. So I know in this space, not a lot of guys like to get vulnerable about what happened, (laughs) you know, medically. And, and for me, it was, was a such a, such a change, you know, being a college basketball player is like, Hey, be tough. And you've pushed through injuries. And this was something that was so, you know, so different that I, I felt that I, that I had to do it. And it just almost came natural, just wanting to share my story. And it was so freeing and so rewarding. So for me, it was therapy, but, from those sessions, you get
0: my raw, authentic self in my recovery in, in the book. That's it's such a rare thing. Look, I, I say all the time, like as a dude, mm-hmm. dudes don't like to share. Dudes don't like to talk about anything other than, I don't know, maybe chicks and sports. That's about it. Um, you don't necessarily really want to get too deep because there's that toxic masculinity that we've grown up with in our lives where, well, that makes you weak. You're showing vulnerability. You're, you're emotional. Yeah, that's for girls. You know, you want to be a man, you keep quiet and you push through. That's not being a man. That's being a, to be honest, it's being a boy. It's, mm-hmm. it's being a child, you know. I think what you're doing is very important. Also, I don't really fuck with a lot of dudes, you know. Yeah. Specifically for all of those reasons. Not very many guys really want to talk about recovery. Recovery is not a very sexy, amazing, fun thing to talk about. It's hard. It's not easy to talk about memory issues it's not easy to talk about you know where you're failing sometimes physically that's not a really fun conversation to have with anyone let alone another guy where sometimes it's like yeah this is like a, a i was trying to say it the nicest way i'm not i'm just gonna say it. it's like a dick measuring contest sometimes you know and it, it's it's i hate that i don't like that especially in our community why can't We just have a, an open, honest dialogue about what's going on in recovery. And I think it's refreshing that you're actually doing that and willing to do that. You know, is that something that you've always had in you or is that something you had to fight through?
2: I think that's something that that I had to fight through growing up from, from where I grew up in in the inner city it it's been in me but i had to hide it based on where where i grew up and it was hey i had to be be tough and fit fit the part in where where i grew up and i would say i'm like a chameleon so i went to a private school and i could hang with the best of them but then i went back to my neighborhood and i could still hang with the best of them right. so it it became where i adapted to my environment so i was in an environment where i didn't feel that i could express myself like that mm-hmm. But it was always in me. So when I became an adult and moved into like my space and where I wanted to live and be, it was just, you know, it was just so freeing for me. So this as as ironic, I guess, if that's the right word, as as this is, my experience with with the stroke was very rewarding for for me because um, now let me preface. Do I wish it happened? No, I don't. What I wanted to have again. Absolutely not. But, uh, you know. When I look at it, it just changed my perspective on life and it allowed me to be my most authentic self, which I think made for this this wonderful piece of of work that that I feel that I put together and being my most authentic self for the world to see.
0: And and knowing your story, I think that's absolutely true. And it's going to come across, you know, I don't really think there's a lot of bullshit to you. So everything that every dialogue we've ever had has been pretty direct and really honest. And I've always appreciated the honesty whether it's how you're feeling, you know, whether it's like emotionally, physically, whatever it is, it's just pretty straightforward. And I think that's very important to, to get across. You're not really sugarcoating anything, you know, but you're also not bullshitting and saying, yeah, you know what? Sometimes this stuff sucks. This is very difficult, but it doesn't always suck. It's not always as difficult. It's also, you know, you talk a lot about, and I, I'm assuming you talk about it in your book mindset. Yep. Most important thing I feel any of us can have in recovery is first and foremost i think hope you have hope you have everything you need but also the the have a mindset enough to see that there is hope out there always you know it's not always going to be this bad it's not always fire and brimstone there's some kind of joy and light out there light out there yeah. and i think you're bringing that light and i just like i i just i'm i'm so appreciative and a lot of people write books right post post stroke i'm gonna be honest a lot of women write books. There aren't a lot of guys willing just to put it out there. And I'm really appreciative of that. Cause you're not like just a dude. You're like a dude's dude. Yeah. That's, really, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, there, there's a difference there, there, there really is. So I think you're going to have, um, you know, a, a louder voice, um, to a subset of the community that really needs to hear it, you know, like, Hey, if he did that and he was feeling that, wow, I'm feeling that that means I can do that. Like it, there's a certain amount of, I don't even want to say responsibility, you know, but th- there's a, a certain amount of people that you can connect with mm-hmm. that need that connection. Do you ever think about like, wow, I'm going to like connect with these people that like don't talk to anyone else, but they're going to listen to this and hear me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think about it all the time. And that's what, what this was, was about to just continue that, that sense of community. Because for me, like I said, being 29 and having something so traumatic happen to me, I thought I was alone. I thought it was, you know, I thought I was the only one to ever experience something like this at my age. And I was totally wrong once I made that first, you know, made the connection. And when you reached out, I'm like, Oh, there are other people, you know, that are in my age demographic that have experienced this. So I'm not, I'm not alone. No, no, I don't wish it happens to anyone, but it's a good feeling to know that there's somebody who walked in your shoes and, can kind of guide you if, if you let them. So that's what my book is about being a guide for, for others through, through the dark times is like, Hey, I went through it. I made it through and you can too, you know, really. And it starts with the mindset for, for me. I remember vividly there was in the acute rehab facility in New Jersey there was a therapist that would come around the floor and I remember she came in and asked that I, would I need her services while, while I was there and I'm looking at her like she's crazy. Like I'm in such a good space. I don't need you woman, And uh, <laughs> you know, and not like that. No disrespect to any, no, any women. Uh, but I didn't need, whether it was a guy or, or I didn't need a therapist at that time because right. I was in such a blissful place because I didn't allow any negative thoughts to kind of stay. I sat, they, they came, I sat with them and then I released them. Talk Amazing. And because you have, you have to process. Yeah, it sucks. Like I went from one week playing basketball to the next week. I could barely walk, talk, uh, see, and I had to sit with that. Like I had to think, am I ever going to see again? Am I ever going to be able to walk again? I was set to be married three, three months later. And it happened. Um, and that was something that I look forward to, but, you know, I'll be a liar to say that it was any, there wasn't thoughts that crossed my mind, like, man, am I going to be able to make it to the day? But my fight kicked in so much that it's like, Hey, I'm going to make it there. You know, no matter how much work I have to put in. And I
0: just got up and attacked the grind. What I call it is a grind yeah. Uh every day. That, that's what it is though. It, it's, you have to attack it. You know, you have to not fight so much i i i I don't want to it's you know it's acceptance to me it's acceptance you know i struggle with acceptance early on i didn't accept the fact that i needed a cane i didn't really accept the fact that like i forgot things every five minutes i i I, and it it was a lot of pain i was Mm -hmm. i was in a lot of mental anguish because of it once i let go once i accepted okay this is my reality right now 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 it's time to grind. Now it's time to fight. Now it's time to change what this is, as opposed to just getting stuck in the, oh, woe is me? Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything. You're feeding into it. You know, you're making it stronger as opposed to, okay, well I have a mission to get out of this, you know, <clears throat> early, early on, hardly can walk, mm-hmm. struggling to speak, to see even, I didn't have the vision problems. That must've been a whole other mind. Fuck. Oh God. to, to get to the light, did you have to fight there, or were you always, you know, what it's going to be all right? Or did you have some of those dark thoughts in the back of your head?
2: I, being totally honest, mm-hmm. there, there were some, some dark thoughts. Like, you know, I, I thought, what if something, you know, what if something happened to me? What if I wasn't able to see again? So the the vision thing was definitely a mind fuck because it was I can only make out colors, and like if I was looking out a window, I could tell that there was green outside, and it was green and brown. So mentally, because of my education, I knew it was a tree, right? but I couldn't see the tree. Um That makes me and, so anxious. And so I'm sitting there looking, attempting to look out the window and it's my visual processing was off and it's like, man, I'm thinking things like what if I'm never able to see my wife? Like, you know, like what if I can never see, you know, my mom or visually see my brother? And it's just, you know, you, you think of those things, but I couldn't stay there because if I let that sit then that's the energy I feel my body takes on. And so, you know, what I did was I sat with it and I'm like, hey, this isn't going to be it. And what I did was I just attacked therapy every day. I got up and my therapist. So when I first got to the center, the therapist, they would come get me, give me my schedule, come pick me up, roll me to wherever. Mm -hmm. After the after a week. I was showing up at their door. Nice. I was they didn't come and get me. And they, they let me, I rolled around, I was in a wheelchair and I just scooted myself down to, to the therapy rooms, whether it, whether it was speech therapy, occupational or physical therapy. I was wheeling myself up and down the hallway. Like I felt like I had free reign there and they, they trusted me. You know, like I said, they called me the rock star of, I believe I was on the third floor. So I was a rock star of my floor and I'm like, uh, you know, I'm ready to go home, but I know
0: we have work to do. Right. Hey, Rockstar of the third floor. Also rock star now in the community. You know, you your, your words, your actions, they actually carry a lot of weight in the community. And it's it's pretty magnificent if you think about it, because you're so new. You're you're still so fresh in your recovery. It's only a couple of years, but you've fought so hard and you've been so public about, you know, your recovery. You know, it's you, your story and your grind specifically has resonated with so many people. It's aspiring as fuck. Yeah, man,
2: it was and I didn't do it for for that. It was just to show the world. I I understand, you know, as being an athlete and you think about the NBA, you don't see the work that the guys put in post injury to make that comeback. You just see they get injured, they come back. And it's like me. I always wondered as a fan, like, what do they do? Like, what what is their their workout routine? So for me, it's like, okay, I get the opportunity to show the in between the A and then the B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, all the way to Z, everything in between. I gave it to you, you know, real and raw. And it was it, it wasn't edited. A lot of the things that I mean, I have to cl- piece clips together, but you're getting my raw emotion. You're getting my raw, you know, recovery. Those those films, I specifically asked I was in the center where you because of HIPAA, you aren't supposed to record, but right. they they were making exceptions for me as long as I didn't record other people, because I said I wanted to detail this to share with the world. Thank goodness. They allowed that to happen. You know? Yep. Yep. It was, and it was therapy for me It's like, I'm getting it out as it's happening. So I think that's why I fared pretty well. Um, but there was an acceptance like, you know, when I got home is like, okay, I was, I was an athlete and I was stripped of everything as I knew it and I became a whole new person and, you know, some of the parts of the old me stuck because it's just innate, but mm-hmm. I look at the person that I become and I, I just love the person who I am now versus the person who I was. So I get the question a lot, you know, would you change anything? And, and the answer is no, because I felt so much more knowledgeable post-stroke than I did pre-stroke that if you go back, you lose that knowledge. And 100%. It, that knowledge is so key, key for me. And just, I wake up happy every day. I can put on my socks. I can tie my shoes. I can do the things that I want to do. Um, and even if there were limitations, I'm okay with that. People look at me and think that everything is okay, but I still have I still have deficits. Mine aren't as physical. Physically, you know, my leg hyperextends a little bit when it's tired, hmm. but I can work on that. I right. can work the muscles. My, my shoulder, I have a slight, well, I don't have a tremor anymore, but my shoulder is tight. The The spasticity. You know, so I have to work that still. And me, I'm just always trying to find a new way to get better. And, you know, just just break these stigmas down, because for me, a lot of the things are invisible, invisible, as yes. people would say. So I want to break down these stigmas that, hey, stroke happens only to old people, Um, you know, and break down uh the stigma that, hey, you know, you're either unhealthy, you're older, you know, all those stigmas, you were doing bad things. The, the the one question I get is, were you not taking care of yourself? And I'm like, I was a college athlete. right? I, I worked out, I ran, I didn't eat the best, but I didn't eat the worst. So, and I'll get into exactly. So this is genetic for me, um, and which I just found out recently and just trying to educate and empower myself. I have my, my hem, my hemorrhage, from what's called a cavernous angioma. And it's I just found out that it's a rare disease. You know, so what it is is an abnormal cluster of blood vessels and capillaries. Um and blood flows slowly through them. So my, I had essentially a slow leak at the brainstem. My brother had a had a slow leak at the age of four. And oh it for some, he lives with epilepsy. So this is why I take it so serious because I was impacted buy this before it happened to me right so my brother actually you know shouts out to him because he laid him and my mom laid the blueprint which made it easier for me mm-hmm. because we kind of knew what to do though it was
0: a little different I kind of knew what what I was up against right that's that's it's just wild I mean it just to even have it in your family like, that's that, that's crazy that your brother had it at such a, a young age, you know, but it's nice to know it's not nice to know, but it's nice to know that like your family was prepared for this and they weren't mm-hmm. blindsided, you know? Um, Yeah, that's just insane. So in your book, do you st- like where do you start out? Do you start out? Hey, when I was a young man, when you know, was it before the stroke or do you start right at your stroke?
2: Uh, in this in this book, I started right at the stroke. So I started out um the day. So we were taking our engagement photos the day that I went to the morning that I went to the hospital. We were taking our engagement photos that that afternoon. So I was running some errands and I started with running those errands and then progressing through the day and then through recovery. So the book starts on June 5th of well, June the 4th, because I went to the hospital on June the 5th. So the book starts on June the
0: 4th. That's 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 a very emotional time (laughs) to start writing a book about.
2: It is. It is. And, uh, you know, I had to process it and I sat with it and it was it was very emotional, but it was such a release to to Mm -hmm. get it out of my brain and have this brain dump, uh, which turned into into a book. And for me, it was it was a beautiful experience to get it out. And after I read it, I was, you know, shocked that.
0: You know, I shocked myself with this. Right. So, with the the book, when you were writing it, during the middle of writing it, at any point where you're like, "This is just, this is too deep. This is too. I I don't know if I can keep going at this pace." Honestly, no. Good. I um
2: I. Every I look forward to every every bit of every writing session. I look forward to to getting it out and telling my story. It helped me to feel seen, where I wasn't. Of course, I'm talking about becoming the light. You know, I, I'm I'm stepping into the light here, and it helped me to be seen. I felt like my athletic career, I was overlooked a lot. I wasn't the biggest. I wasn't the fastest. So I always had to work hard, and this was. As I will always say, and I said recently, I I thought that my impact in this world would come through through sports, and I was sadly mistaken, and and gladly because this is so much
0: more impactful, so much more. So I mean, not that sports aren't impactful, but sports will change your day. What you're doing specifically for our community is you're changing someone's life. Just just you guys can hear it. You can hear. How he attacked recovery. Now you didn't attack recovery because oh man, this is so much fun. No, there there's a, a mindset shift that you have to have. There there is something that you have to have from in you to attack this in a certain way so you can come out on the other side like like time, time is right now. It's a lot. If you want to know what that is, check out the book. He's gonna explain it word for word. You're gonna cry. I am sure. Yeah, I'm sure I,
2: I read it. I read it. And I was, you know, I'm a lot I'm more emotional now. Uh, so when I'm reading it, I'm like, wow, it, it was really like heartfelt. So the book I read it in two days after the the manuscript came in mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just got it's 10 chapters. Day one, I, I could have read it all in one day. But, right. you know, I put it down and I processed the first five and then I picked it up and then I read the next five. And Um, it, it was just, it was amazing to read because it, it, you know, when you're in it, you're in it. Um, and then, so it gave me my own perspective, you know, we're we're typically good at giving advice, but not taking our own advice for a hundred percent. So to see it in a book, because sometimes we forget what we say. I mean, I have well, a brain injury.
0: Wait, you have brain injury? I have brain injury. <laughs> wow, we should talk about this.
2: <laughs> but uh to to read my own words and uh talk about community and mindset and just being vulnerable and just sharing my story, it was just like wow, you know, I can vi- I can visually see my own advice and it makes it easier to take right? So it was, it was, you know, just a, just an amazing experience
0: doing this. That's powerful. You know, it's powerful to read your own words. Look, sometimes we don't understand or realize what we're going through because we're going through it. Are you a stroke or brain injury survivor looking for community and support? Well, the NeuroNerds are here to help. Join our hashtag you so Rock Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash you so Rock to connect with other survivors like you.
1: Plus, read other inspirational brain injury survivor stories on Joe's blog at JoSoRock.com slash you so Rock And submit your stories there as well. We want to hear them.
0: And remember, you, you so so Rock. Rock. <laughs> Stop laughing at us. You know, like let's say you're on um, a weight loss journey. You could put in the work, you could work out and... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really seeing any gains because you see yourself every single day. Then you come across after a couple of weeks, you come in across, uh, come across a friend who hasn't seen you in a while. Oh my God, you look amazing. And you're like, wait, really? Oh, wow. Cause you don't see it because you're in it. It's the same thing in recovery. This is why I'm a big fan. We got to talk about this stuff, whether it's positive or negative, we have to talk about this stuff because we have to know where we are. You know, we can't get lost in our own minds and our own thoughts. And so when you actually read it, where you're like, holy shit, I've come a long way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because when I first it's night and day from when when I first started this journey, my first year, I was depressed. I was sad. I, I just wanted to be by my, you know, by myself. Like I would lay on the couch and I didn't really want to do anything. It was I was I was in a pity party for, for myself. So it was one day I had gained weight. I couldn't do the things that I was used to doing and one day it just clicked and said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I have to, you know, I felt like I lost myself a little bit. I had to really dig in and treat myself, be kind to myself. I had to love, (laughs) learn to love myself again. And, you know, it was a journey. It was a process and I'm still working in that. Uh, But it's it's a lot better because I, I do truly love myself. And that's why when I think about the alternative of not f- battling, not fighting, you know, the alternative is pretty deadly. I mean, it's no it's, other
0: it's, word to really put to it. Hey, you're talking about the light. What you're talking about is the dark, you yeah. know, and sadly, so, so sad. So many of us in the community are in that daily, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're not even fighting out of the dark. They're just in the dark because they can't even see that there's light past this dark. Mm-hmm. They're just consumed by it, you know? Um, it's not a good place to be. This is why I really feel that we have, look, it's it's a responsibility, I think, on all, on all ends, right? Us as survivors, we, we you and I, we want to help. We're genuine, like, we're genuinely good people. I'm not just saying that. I'm not, th- I'm not that arrogant. <laughs> By the way, I'm amazing, guys, aren't I? <laughs> I, I sincerely, I really want to help everyone and anyone I can not go through the same shit that I went through. This is why I talk about this on the podcast. This is why I'm not very negative about things I talk about. We made it back to live, not to be stuck in all that misery that we went through. This is our second chance in life, you know, on the flip side, it's the other side, the people, you guys that are listening to this, it's your responsibility to seek this stuff out. You don't want to get in like uh, a Ty and I were talking about support groups. You know, there's certain rooms or certain groups of people that all they want to do is talk about how terrible and miserable things are. That's not the most healthy thing in the world. Now I'm not saying to pretend that everything is fine. I'm saying you need to talk about it great. Process it out and then move forward. You can't just get stuck in this negativity because that's just going to become home. Don't move in there. Visit. <laughs> spend your 15 minutes and then move on, you know? The any survivor out there, try to seek out something better. You don't like where you're at. Try to seek out something better than where you're at, you know? You want to be in a better place. Seek out some other survivors who were doing fun, amazing things. You want to learn how to walk, seek out other survivors who just learned how to walk. You know, uh, I think responsibility works on both ways. We have to share our stories, but on the flip side, other survivors have to kind of like take in our stories. So if you're looking to, you know, get out of that darkness, check out Ty's book. I mean, listen to the dude.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's so my, my, my cousin who went through a, an experience herself Um, in my recovery, she gave me some, some very good advice. She said, um, you know, don't live in the past. It can cause depression and don't live in the future. It can cause anxiety. And I added to it and said, it's OK to visit those places to bring your your present picture together, but live live in the present. So I go back and I, I visit what happened to make sense of it, to see where I'm going, to right. see how it let it to let it shape me, to feel those feels. So, you know, yes, I, I get upset some some days, some days. Not every day is great. What you see on Instagram, it's. Those are our most days. I would say it's about 95% of my days. I'm, you know, but there's that 5% where it's like, uh, you know, today is a little tough and you know, or I might be off today and I'm just feeling like a little sad, a little more vulnerable or something. I have those feelings just like everybody else, right. but I process them. I have a Zen room at home. I go in my Zen room. I'll chill. I'll sit on my yoga mat. If I have to cry. I'll cry. If, uh, you know, I'll, I'll meditate or whatever helps me get to the next moment because that's what life is just living, you know, in moment in moment, minute by minute, you take it one minute at a time. So I know people, when I used to challenge people is like, you know, do you, are you having people who say I, I'm having a bad day now there's 24 hours in a day. Did you have a bad 30 minutes? Did you have a bad hour or did you have a bad day? You know, there's a difference in having a bad hour. Because those other 23 hours could have been great. Right. You know, but you're just pointing out that one bad hour. So I had to get out of my own way my myself. So it it's things. Everything that I'm giving you, I had to I've been there and I had to learn myself. And you know, it's very humbling because I didn't expect to be two years out and people are considering me a, a pillar in the community because you know, I have people that, that'll that say I have good friends that, that I met that that look forward to meet in person like like we are today. Right. And they're like, hey, Ty's my hero. And I'm like, "Uh, what? Like, you know, it's it's very humbling to hear that, you know, it's just like, wow, I'm just just trying to trying to survive and take it day by day. And, you know, people are looking at me like I'm I'm Tony
0: Stark. Hey, I say turn that on your head. Turn it on its head. Be Tony Stark. Be arrogant and be like, yes, bow before me. Why not? Let's just go all in.
2: <laughs> I don't think that's in my nature, but um, I, I couldn't do it. You know, we we're talking about bad, bad acting. I, that that would be uh, a Hollywood flop if I tried to do that. So
0: <laughs> but I think that that's that's why everything that you say and do, it comes across because you are genuine. You know, you're not like, OK, I'm going to pretend like is. No, you're just a genuine dude who wants to help people. And Ty, look, genuinely wants to show you guys the lights. You know, and you are though, you, you are a light and you've earned your spot in the community. I think we all kind of have, we, we, I think want to be something you've earned your spot, whether you want it or not, just because of who you are. You know, I think you're, you're exactly where you were meant to be for yourself. Yes. But also the bigger picture for other people, you are showing people what can be done, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And I just think that's so fucking important. Like it's, it's wild. The darkness is dark. Like It is really dark. It's not easy to wake up and say, you know what? I'm going to relearn how to walk again. That's just not easy, but it's necessary. You know, you can fight it as much as you want, but put that effort and energy into recovery. I mean, you guys have seen the videos. And if you haven't, check out Ty's Instagram page. Talk about inspiration. This dude. Also, nice form. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For a lefty. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh you're gonna, yeah, they say lefties are shooters,
2: so out there. So for me it was I just wanted to give every every bit. So for me it wasn't it wasn't physical. I knew my body would follow. I had to keep my mind in, in a great space. So it was it was my mind. I had to protect my mind and protect my protect my space and uh I knew my body would follow. I seen a quote that said the the mind is powerful, you know, the body the mind can heal the body. But the body can't heal the mind, so which one is stronger yeah you know? so it's like hey you know we we think oh oh physical, and it's like protect your mental space a lot of you know they say basketball is is you know ninety percent mental ten percent physical, which mm. now I really understand is very true i visual i remember as a player, I visualize games before they even happened, you know I visualize. Moments and like the the highest pressure moments, right. and to prepare for when it's really happening. Am I being when it, what happens? How am I going to react when I get pressed in the game? When when somebody's all in my face and I'm like, what what do I do? I visualize this already, so I'm prepared for this. And so in the game is like I'm actually able to slow it down to the point where I'm in control. And it's like, hey, I I've, I seen this already, so you know I wanted that same with recovery is like, hey, all right. I know what I need to do. I, I've seen that this is going to be a journey, you know, and what I tell people is to remove your time, your timetable. You know, I I was the most depressed when I had a timetable. Hey, I want to be here in a month or two months. And I see it a lot within within the the groups where it's in this time frame, when did you get this back? And you know, me, I'm an anomaly. Like, you know, I, I don't want anybody to compare their recovery to, to me. I want you to use my recovery story for hope, but I don't want you to rec- uh, compare your recovery story to mine because
0: we're, we're all different. All of our, our strokes are, are like snowflakes. There's not one that's the same.
2: And you're going to, you're, you're going to, you know, if I tell you, Hey, I was back walking in two months, it, you know, to me, it's, it can be upsetting. And then for me, it's like, okay, I have imposter syndrome. I have like guilt. Like I recovered. I, I, did, I put in the work to recover, but it's like, because so many people look, it's like, man, I feel guilty for recovering the way that I did sometimes. Right. You know? So that's why I, I wanted to just detail it's, it's, you know, mind, mind over body. And even if the body doesn't return to his normal form, your mind has to be okay with that. So I got a, the question a lot. Would I be okay if I never played basketball again? And I was like, I'll be absolutely fine. I'll just go learn something else to do that I can that I can physically do. You know, I'll adapt. And that's what life is about. And I think we, we forget that as kids, like, you know, um, I talk about it in a book, my, my two my two little cousins. So I was living with one of my older cousins who I really look up to. And he has two daughters. And I was really in the heart of recovery. You know, I was physically fine. but Mentally, I wasn't. Right. So I looked at myself. He, they had a newborn and, um, you know, a young daughter and Olivia and Kinsley. And, um, so Kinsley was, you know, pretty much a newborn. And I'm looking like, she's trying to learn to roll over and I'm looking like, wow, this is really me just trying to relearn how to, how to do everything. And then I looked at Olivia and I'm like, Olivia is fearless. It's like, I remember that summer I fed her, I fed a giraffe. I rode a camel. I was in a sunflower field, you know, so I did all these things that I did, lived, I like, thought you lived in Philly, not Jumanji. Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> Welcome to Jumanji. Um, you know, and she just, you know, just taught me to be never lose sight of that inner child. And that's something that I talk about in a the book that they wouldn't understand the impact that they had on me. Right. And it just taught me to be a kid again. And I just, just kept that. It's like, you know, it was, Hey, get a job, get a career. And, you know, we lose sight of of dreaming and you know those things. And I just wanted to be vulnerable because that's what got me back mentally. Is like,
0: hey, my inner child was reborn. Right. It was though. Look, I call the day we had our strokes our stroke anniversaries. Mm-hmm. A lot of us call it rebirth day. You know, we were reborn. You know, now that I see that because we have been, we woke up in brand new brains and brand new bodies. So, have you ever seen a kid grow up? They have. First off, kids are like little lunatics. They're like tiny little drunk people, right? That's kind of like us. Have you seen us try to walk after a brain injury? We probably need helmets just like little kids. But if you look at these kids, they have so much fun. Everything They'll fall down and smile and laugh and they get right back up and they're right back at it. You know, I think we should look at our recovery almost as, yeah, we're reborn. We're we're relearning these things. We don't have to relearn them with a bad attitude. If we look at it as fun, you know, we're we're like kids again. Let's smile. Let's have fun. Let's play. Let's be playful. Let's look at this as it's not so serious to where, you know, I can't laugh or smile, you know, and if we go into it with that kind of energy, that kind of aura, amazing things are going to happen. And it's the police drives me crazy with it. She says it, and I've said it like a million times when I'm like mad and upset and angry and she'll come in and she's like, you know, does it feel better to feel good or does it feel better to feel bad? Right. I'm like feels better to feel good. Yeah. She's like, cool. So maybe we should try to focus on feeling good. She's absolutely right. If we focus on feeling good and being happy, amazing things can happen. And you said something that I found really, really interesting. If you were never able to play basketball again, you would still be good. Yeah. Where some people specifically about ball is life, right? Without basketball, that's, they don't feel like they have a life which is really really sad. Mm-hmm. Basketball or any sport or any particular thing that you really enjoy doing, it's just a part of your life. It's not your entire life. If you don't have that thing that's great that you enjoyed it, but there is we live in a big world, you know, and this world is evolving and changing. There are things that we can do now from home that we were never able to do. We can graduate from Yale from home. All right. It's, it's insane. You know, um you you wrote your book. Did you do it at home? Yeah, I was home. I wrote my book from home. Wrote your book at home. You know, Like it, all of these, the world is changing. We can find other things that we're passionate about or that we never even knew that we were able, capable of doing. I never knew I was capable of like having a podcast and reaching people and being an idiot and people enjoying it. I never thought that that was a thing, you know? We have a second chance at life, so we should actually really take a step back and enjoy it, you know? So no matter, if we can't get back to certain things, we should mourn the fact that we can't maybe get back to doing those certain things, but we shouldn't get stuck in that energy. We should then take a step back and say, okay, what can I do? And even more importantly, what do I want to do? You know, is there anything that you have thought about doing or have done post brain injury where you are like, wow, I I'm really happy that I did that. And I would have never have done that before my, my stroke.
2: I think I'm more because I understand the importance of time now. Mm -hmm. It's this trip in itself. You know, like I told you on the way here that I might have been like, oh, I got more time. So I'll go whenever. So now it's like if an opportunity presents itself to do something or go somewhere, I'm going because I don't know you know, if I'm going to have that opportunity again, because I don't take time for granted. Right. So, you know, I, I travel more, uh, you know, I, I try to get in touch with my, my creative. So one thing that I'm going to try to do is get into photography.
0: Beautiful. So, you know, landscape and landscape photography. <gasps> do you know Tanya? Yeah, I do. She does a photography thing and I think she lives in your area. I she, believe it. She's in New York or New Jersey.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I think she's in New York and I'm right. I'm, you know, just a train ride away away from New York. You know, yeah, I'm I'm big on connecting. I have to do more now that I'm in a great space. You know, I'm I plan to do more more reaching out. One thing that, I, you know, that I take pride in doing is connecting and praise. One thing to connect on social media with mm-hmm. with fellow survivors. But I take where I want to actually travel around and meet the people that I'm actually impacting, because I feel like that brings a lot more like drive to the community where it's like, Hey, it's not just happening on Instagram. We, it can happen in person. And could you imagine meeting your, your life hero in, in person or whatever the case may be, just another survivor in in person, you know? And, uh, that, that's something that, that I, that I want to do.
0: The energy, like in real life, somebody who's impacted you, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody who has for, for in any way, you know, Hey, I talked to this person, they made my day. Now, imagine you can meet that person in person, a survivor in mm-hmm. particular. There's an energy and an understanding that we have immediately with everybody. You know, we don't have to go. We don't. There's a, a, a bullshit period. I say like that. A lot of normies when I was a normie, mm-hmm. you, we bullshit a lot so we can kind of get and understand who these people are. And then we kind of let go a little bit and then we kind of become a little bit more. It takes sometimes weeks with survivors, when we meet, it's like, yeah, this is who I am. You get it. I get it. Let's make this shit happen. And I, I love that. Like when I met you, I literally met you what, a couple hours ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, in <laughs> person, like in person, like you know. Um. So, so for me, it goes back with to that. You know, we were talking about kids and just you know having fun. And I think also to add on to that is just like kids are relentless. Yes. You know, kids is like you know. You ever had? I mean, well, I don't have kids yet, but. You know, a kid when they when they put their minds to something is like, I want ice cream. Hey mom, can I have ice cream? Can I have They they aren't scared to ask a thousand times. Yeah. Or I want to learn how to ride a bike. I want to learn how to ice skate and they don't oh like I fell so I'm not doing it anymore. Or even if they do, they they realize, "Hey, this isn't for me. Let's move on to the next thing."
0: Right, and have that same energy and passion for the next the, thing.
2: Right. So, you know, I, I just learned to carry that into, you know, my day to day. And, you know, for me, I'm just just a big kid, you know, yeah. hon- honestly,
0: dude, you have to embrace your inner child, you know, and I'm not saying embrace immaturity. You have to be because there's a lot of us out there. Yeah, I know. Fifty, <laughs> sixty year old children, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. Now. And then I also know, you know, uh, 18, 19, 20 year olds, uh, the most mature people in the world. You have to be mature enough to act like a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I balance this out. As we're in the studio with a giant baby Yoda, Funko pops on the wall and a giant poster of Django Fett's. So, you know, I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> <laughs> but look, it, it's it's why I started this podcast with Lauren, of course, selfishly, because we're two selfish people who just wanted a reason to talk every week. But we were tired of the negativity, mm-hmm. so tired of the negativity, you know. And even you know, Ty and I were talking earlier about like there are certain support groups where people are really fixated and not just fixated; they're just stuck in the negativity. Where I, I, I am not about that. I'm not. I, there's a place for that. That place is a very small. There's a small place in my recovery for that, where it's time to feel those feels, process them, and then move forward. Because we didn't make it back to get stuck in that energy. We made it back to live, not, you know, exist in that energy, you know? And that's what I appreciate about Ty in his book explaining, hey, yeah, there's darkness. It, we're, we want lights. And I'm here to show you the light, you know? And he's going to show you exactly how he got from the darkness to the light.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, I'll detail it from the minute I can really place... Put a finger on it. What was going on? To where as much as I could detail through throughout throughout the the chapters in the the space that that I had, you know. So it's only so much you can you can put in a book. For me, it was just about being. You know, I tell you when when I feel the feels, like you know, I, I talk about I, I rushed to return to work, and you know, to get that sense of normalcy, and that was the worst decision, you know, ever. <laughs> and you know, I think I literally like you know, cried like every day going to work and then had to compose myself like, all right, you know, I'm here at work. I got to compose myself because I had a long drive to like, to work, to be able to process like what happened. So a song and I could be good. And then a song, a certain song would come on and I'm like, uh, I want to go home (laughs) and I can't just call out. So it was like, you know what? You're not ready. You're not ready to be back. So, you know, for, for me and then at work, you know, it wasn't my, the team that I had, they were, they were amazing. They, they accommodated what anything that I would have needed, but you know, it's difficult for me because I present so well. Yeah. So you they know me as a hardworking guy you see in the video. So this, you know, it's like you, you have moments or you need a break and it's like, yes, like, you know, my brain is, is tired. Like, you know, I have the, the fatigue, which is invisible and you know, it's, I can do something and I could be tired for a week and a half, but yeah. you know, before feeling rested, you know, sometimes the fatigue is so bad where I feel nauseous. Like I, I overexerted myself in like six basketball games, right. You know, and you know, people don't, you can't see that or read no. that off of my face. And I'm not going to just straight out tell, well, tell you like, Oh, I'm fatigued today. It's like, Hey, you know, I'm trying to figure out this balance, but you know, I do respect my body enough to say, Hey, I have to, I have to rest, but it is, you know, the frustrating part is because I present so well. It's like, hey, what? Ha-, you know, something happened, and I'm like, yes, something traumatic happened. Yeah, but. I have brain injury, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's it's it, it's tough. You know, I think that's that's the toughest part for me. Um, like with with work and you know, disability and things like that. I actually have the you know the job of a lifetime now. You know, shout out to my cousin for that. Um, you know, but prior to that, and I understand the workplace and dis, dis disability straight up told me I'm not disabled. They they told me because I can function my left arm that was impacted, I can move it with like, you know, maybe a little bit of aches and pains mm-hmm. or or anything. They said, oh, you're not disabled by the definition, so you can't get you know Social Security. And it's like, hey, it's okay. Like you know, I know it's it's difficult for some people. I'm blessed to be in the situation that I'm in, but. You know, because I present so well, it's so, you know, frustrating sometimes like at the doctors, you know, my doctor didn't want to give me the long term handicap plaque because it's like, hey, you look fine. And I'm like, hey, well, you know, I can get tired in the snap of a finger. So, you know, imagine going to the mall and I used to have well, I have social anxiety, which I developed from this um, oh, wow. you know, as a social guy. Like, right. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm social life of a party. And in only a certain situations, it really like heightened at the mall because Mm -hmm. what I was doing before I took tried to control my mind is what I was doing was projecting how I felt about myself Mm -hmm. into somebody else's brain and then projecting it back to me. So, for example, it's like I walk in and I am like me, I feel like I'm a stroke guy. So that person over there that's looking at as soon as they make eye contact, they know, oh, he had a stroke. And then I'm like, uh, then I just, you know, I just automatically shut down. You know, and it was it was hard for a bit of time. So then, you know, I had to advocate for myself, and then I got I went to therapy. So I hired, you know, I went to talk therapy, which was very instrumental, um, in in my recovery. And not easy,
0: it, no, not an easy thing to do,
2: no. And what it was, you know, my my wife Rachel, you know, thank God for her. She, I remember in the beginning, she's like, "Hey, I'm here if you need to talk," and I knew it was deeper than. Me being able, yes. if I, if I project this onto her, it can cause a strain on our relationship. Right. Right. So it's like, I can't put all of this on you because you haven't processed this yourself. So then I go to put this on you, you're processing your stuff, my stuff. And you know, who much. knows
0: where, where it goes. She, she has her own trauma to get through and you have to get through your trauma before you guys can come together as a unit and then process your unit trauma.
2: Exactly. So, you know, it was a, a Uh, interesting year. We, we've, we've grown, you know, a lot, of course, the situation like that forces you, forces you to grow. But, you know, it was key for me to go to get a therapist and, you know, just hash out the things, you know, I have PTSD, you know, a lot of mine comes with like hygiene. So I'll have a flashback and brushing my teeth and I'll be like, I'll vividly remember sitting in the acute rehab facility, trying to brush my teeth with my left hand, like, and my arm is barely moving. Like, wow. so then I had to switch it so I can brush my teeth good with my, you know, my right hand, you know, even a shower, you know, you know, you get in the shower and it's like, I'm good. I'm good. Then you just have a flashback to like, oh, I was only able to shower twice a week or whatever the case may be. And a nurse had to help
0: me. And it's like, did you have the chair? Yeah, I had yeah, the chair. Fuck oh that my chair.
2: God. It was so like I felt so it was humiliating in, yeah. in those moments. Like I couldn't do anything. Like, I couldn't put my I couldn't lotion my feet, couldn't put my socks on, no. you know. And it's like, man, I go from playing basketball, running up and down the court last week, you know, doing everything that I could imagine doing or putting my mind to to I can't even get up out of this chair to yeah. shower. And You know, I need somebody in here to to monitor me showering. And it's like, what is what is happening? So, you know, honestly, the first year it was um, you know, I was in denial the first the first year. Mm -hmm. And my second year, it was when I really went into self-discovery. Um, and that's when I started to, you know, heal and share my story. You know, it was toward the end of the first year, but you know, like I told you on the ride over here, like People would see me and say, hey, where are you in your like, what percentage you put a number to it? I'm like just three weeks ago, I would have said I was 90 percent. Right. Right. You know, and I went to a session, you know, and shout out to my my stretch, you know, therapist. She she's multifaceted, um, but she helps me, you know, with neural work and, you know, just stretching my body back. That's one key thing, stretching those muscles. Um, must. And she, uh, you know, she just gave me this information and I left that session and I had to think. I'm like, what percentage am I? I'm like, I'm at seventy five percent, and people are like, oh my god, you regressed. And I'm like, no, I'm in that same spot where I said I was ninety, but I learned so much more new information that I I'm nowhere near where I thought I was. So then I go back, I reprocess, I reassess. This is why I don't put a time frame on recovery. I'm two years out, but I look forward to where I'm going to be at five years out, ten years out. Like the the progress, I look. Hey. This was the milestone year one. This was the milestone year two. This is five. This is 10. You know, and I look at, you know, how I'm able me absorbing this knowledge as a sponge is helpful for the community. You know, it's like, hey, I can put this out here. Hey, you know, I have a friend down in Florida. You know, her name is Faith. She she'll say I'm her hero. We had the same, you know, a similar stroke. Right and the, and the brainstem and she'll, she'll reach out. Hey, did you try this? And I'm like, Hey, I went to, for my vision, I went to a neurooptometrist. Um, I went to a, you know, a neuropsychologist and, you know, different things, a lot of neuro based things. And she was like, wow, I didn't even know. So a few times she's reached out and said, Hey, I tried this because you gave me this information. So I'm like, wow, you know, whether it works for you or it doesn't is like, Hey, at least we're, we're coming up with some kind of attempt to try something different.
0: Right. Look, we all have a certain amount of information in the way that we grew up, the areas that we grew up in, the countries that we grew up in. And, you know, we, we share that information with other people. Same thing with strokes. You know, we we all have uh, different information and we have to share that different exercises, different, you know, foods to eat that make us feel certain ways, uh, uh, different things. We have to share this stuff because who knows who you're going to help? Hey, and who knows in listening to this stuff, how these people are going to help you? I think it's essential. We all have to share our our journey and our story because you never know. Are you finding it hard to recover at home after stroke? Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at modusnova.com slash the Neuronerds. If you haven't heard of Modus Nova, they make devices to help folks with a brain injury like stroke regain the use of their affected limbs. For example, the Modus Hand is an AI-powered robotic exoskeleton that helps users do exercises and play games, similar to the way an occupational or a physical therapist might manipulate the limb. It helps survivors get into thousands of repetitions they need to form new neural pathways. It can assist with hand movements or resist them to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, visit ModusNova.com slash The NeuroNerds to learn more. Use special code, the neuronerds nerds, when you sign up and get a month free with the 30 day challenge, just visit modusnova.com slash the neuronerds to get started. Neuro nerds. And I, again, I say this a lot, like we have to share this for ourselves, for self, we need to get all of this stuff out. It's going to be very helpful for us on the flip side. It's going to be so helpful for somebody out there. You know, a lot of the stuff that I heard from other people, I'm just so thankful that they were able to share. Like I, I, I am, you know, like when I would do just even talking to another stroke survivor. So I did something stupid. You guys are familiar with my first year. I went to uh, after being home from the hospital, I went to Coachella. Oh, yeah, it's a dumb idea, but I did it. <laughs> um, I I was mentally prepared as much as I could. I had a couple of survivor friends give me some tips and tricks. And they're like, you know, the lights are going to be a thing. So maybe like grab a pair of sunglasses. Like, that's brilliant. I had my headphones in. You know, and, uh, the only thing I wasn't prepared for were the sense, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of weed in the air, a lot of smelly people. I would, that kind of like triggered me. But when I got home, everybody was like, were you okay? Are you doing okay? There was, and I was like, yeah, everything was fine. It wasn't until a few days later where, um, I got a call from a survivor friend of mine in uh, the Netherlands and she said, Hey, how are you doing now? And I was like, wait, why are you asking me now? She's like, you know, normally when the adrenaline runs out about two, three days later, that's when it hits. And it was around that time. And I just started crying. I was, Oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. <laughs> but it was nice to know that I, cause I had it. I had that feeling. I didn't know I was feeling it, but I had that feeling. Another survivor shared that with me and helped me along the journey. You know? So now I can tell people if I have a, a friend who's looking about go, to go to a concert for the first time, I'm going to give a fair warning. Hey, check yourself two days later, you know, maybe give yourself some time to process. It might all hit you. Then, you know, we have to share all this information because Somebody out there needs to know it, you know. Somebody needs some light in their life. Yeah,
2: yeah. Everybody, you know, needs a source of a source of light. Um, you know, whether that's a person, that's information, whatever it is, you know, there needs to be a source of light that you, that helps guide you and navigate you. Um, you know, so for me, it's like, hey, the the headphone trick, the the sunglasses, you know, tip. Um, you know, for me, uh, those are I have trouble visual, uh, visually processing. Mm-hmm. So I see twenty twenty, but I have a special prism lenses, uh, which help me to pro- bend the light so my brain recognizes it as w- uh what what was really there. Okay. Um, or or else is distorted. So that puts a lot of stress on my brain, you know, and that's one reason I'm not so quick to play basketball because a lot of motion or. Oh, oh or set it or set it off. Like physically I can go out there and, you know, and work myself back into shape, but visually it is just so like debilitating trying to process. Like I even watched like my high school practice maybe last week. And I was so drained just watching yeah. that. I'm like, I can't, I'm not ready to play yet because you know, I'll, I'll be sick, you know, trying to, trying to play, you know? So it's, it's just things where, you know, you, you learn it's, you just need to be a sponge in, in, this process and be willing to try different, different things. You know, there's one, there's no one set way to recover. No. And I've tried, you know, some, I've been fortunate enough to be able to try different things, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to, to kind of, and I'm still trying things now. And I look forward to putting out more information on, on the next phases of my recovery, because, you know to me it's, it's just important because you know the the information just getting it out there and not just because the internet you know you can Google something and get totally false information so yes for me, I google like when I was having symptoms, and you know I would have diagnosed myself with with ms if I yeah. you know
0: oh if you don't be a web MD person because everything is cancer. It's, it's crazy.
2: Yeah. Don't, don't, don't web you know, I would say, reach, you know, and be careful with who you reach out to information from. Yeah. Take what, what I, what I'll say is do your own due diligence and do your research after you get information,
0: reputable sources, get your information from reputable sources and in the community look to the pillars in the community. You know, yeah. I fancy myself a pillar in the community. Well, <laughs> like, and if you don't want to listen to me, that's fine. Find somebody that resonates with you in the community and try to figure out like their experience. You know, if, if that works for you, do that. We also have to not be arrogant. You right. know, we have to listen, Hey, that worked for you. Maybe it'll work for me. Try it out. Try it. Cause you never, never know, you know, um uh, be open and be honest with yourself in your journey too you know if you're feeling a certain way share that if you're if something's helping you that's great continue to do that also share it with the community cuz it's a fucking beautiful community like it, it is, really is
2: it is even my wife my wife sees it as we we've gone start she start coming to events to just immerse herself into the community as well and just I'm thankful for her because you know she's my you know advocate or she slows me down you know, and it's like, hey, I'm gonna get back out here and do this, and she just slows me down. I don't think that's time to do that yet. Um, and I'm like, okay,
0: is is she that nice when she's saying it? No. Okay, is is it kind of like the fuck you are? Is it like one of those? Yeah. So, so
2: <laughs> sometimes it it depends on 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 what it what it is. Sometimes she'll just let me float off and do do my thing. But if it's so something that's that's very concerning to her, is like, yeah, I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. What I noticed was, you know, in the community, we get reached out to a lot about our our relationship. I didn't realize people is like, hey, you know, you guys, you know, I'll post a picture of us and it's just like, it'll just take off. And I'm like, man, you know, it's like you guys are so beautiful, you know, to make it through this. And, you know, that's one thing that that truly, truly helped me as well.
0: Right. The fact that she and, and it's so sad. That it's like wow, she stayed with you. It's so sad. We get Felice and I get that a lot. You know, <gasps> wow, I'm so thankful you stood. And her response normally is like there wasn't an there wasn't an option. You know, mm-hmm. like we're not married, but we've been together going on 12 years. You know, and it's th- there wasn't an option. She loves me. I love her. She's like in this journey. You guys are, are married. You yeah. know, like she's yeah. you, the through thick and thin, good yep. and bad. You know, mm-hmm. she's your counterpart. It is sad though that it it is an anomaly almost that you guys are still together.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's very sad. Like we did a we did a podcast. A guy named Joe was uh, such an uncommon name. It's yes, weird. Uncommon, not not average. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, he asked us to come on, and because he was doing research about you know relationships post post injury or post you know post stroke post injury, and you know just asking us how you know how we did it and we had such a solid foundation that it it, you know that that wasn't even a a, a question you know and it was just i knew that's what sparked is like hey i'm getting married in september and this is june and i gotta be ready you know that's all i could really think about i gotta be ready you know and i was ready right um so then somebody who hasn't gone through it, but tries their best to, to understand and, and relate to, to what you're going through and put up with the, the tantrums yeah. and put up with the, the, the outbursts, you know, of me, we, we talked about it. Um, I'm, I'm now I like a routine and, you know, I'm kind of get flustered if something gets thrown off. So, you know, and she's able to, to deal with that and you know, help me help center me. So she's uh, just, just been supportive and been, been an advocate because, you know, I'll tell you, like I, I talked about the uh, being, having invisible deficits. Yeah. You know, I remember we were going to homecoming and the, the parking lot was full and the security guard has, you know, it said that the only spots that were available were handicapped spots. And I was like, huh. So he was like, you don't, you wouldn't have to happen to have uh the the plaque, would you? And I was like, huh, actually, I do. And so, you know, he went on to ask, like, you know, because if you look at me, you wouldn't wouldn't know. So he was like, is the person the disabled person here? And I'm like, you're looking at him. <laughs> and he was like, you know, in a sense, it was looked was like, really? Right. And I get that all the time, you know, and I used to feel guilty, like, you know, parking in handicapped spots and is like it's invinci is invisible, so, you know, I, I used to feel guilty, because right. then people are like, why are you parking here, and I'm like, because I really need to, right, Um, and so, like I said, that's, that's the most frustrating part for, for me, because it's like, you know, physically, I look fine, but, you know, I still have, nerve pain and Dude, we're, different
0: things. we're in the same boat like we we talk a lot and and felice pointed it out she's like fuck you guys are like going through a lot of the same stuff we suffer from invisible deficits invisible disabilities right so people look at us and they'll say the most ignorant thing a normie can say to somebody with a brain injury wow but you look so normal oh but you look fine it's like great it's nice that visually i look good internally It's fucking chaos, right? Mm -hmm. It's hellfire and brimstone up in there. But it's nice that I look good in your eyes. That's a, by the way, normies, it's a really ignorant thing to say, you know? So whenever, so so I'll I'll tell you, when you say that to me in my head, the first thing that I think is like, wow, I don't look, oh, I look so normal. Wow. You don't look this ignorant. So that's what goes on in my head. So try not to say dumb shit. Now I, I do understand though. There's no possible way that you can understand what we go through. There's not. You just have to be open to understand that we're going through some shit. So just accept it. Accept the fact that we become flooded. Accept the fact that we become overwhelmed really quickly. We can't do certain things. We get fatigued, not tired, fatigued. It's a completely different thing, you know, and we'll be in a much better place.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it's for me. Yeah, I get I get fatigued and people are like, you know. You didn't really do too much. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And that's, that's the thing. Imagine being an athlete and then you wash a few dishes and it's like, I need to go take a six hour nap.
1: Yep. You know, and,
2: um, you know, I, I'm used to it now. Um, and you know, I did what I just try to do is surround myself with people who, who understand and yeah. I try not to take it too personal because it's hard, you know, it, it it's is really hard. It is. Um, you know, and I just try to try to come from a place of, of education. Now, if I educate you and you come back with a dumb question, then I'm gonna look at you like, really, man, but right. the first strike you get, you know, okay, you get a pass. And I'm just
0: going to educate you. But then the second time is like, okay, now you're disrespected. Now you're willfully ignorant. You started out at, look, it's ignorant to say certain things. You don't understand, hence ignorant, right? Once you're educated and you continue to do these things, now you're willfully ignorant. And I don't fuck with those people.
2: Right. You know, so I remember, you know, one thing I was sensitive about was like my weight because I went from 160, 170 to almost 220 because of, you know, medicine and, know, I won't make excuses. I had my wedding, you know, we had food tasting. We went on a week, you know, a 10 day honeymoon. He's
0: he's not blaming anything except for food. It's food's fault because food is delicious. How dare you? Delicious food. Food is delicious. (laughs) Um,
2: and I didn't do myself any justice because I wasn't, you know, in my mind, I I can't work out, you know, so I was making excuses, you know, and it was like, Hey, all right, I got to pick myself up by the bootstraps and, you know, get it back. And, you know, people just, yo, you put on weight. Uh, <laughs> duh. Like, you don't think I noticed I went from my, my, my clothes don't fit, you know, how they used to, but it was like, it's okay. You know, I had to grow a little bit of tougher skin and right. it just, it, it helped me to, to be confident. Another thing was I, I had, you know, I developed psoriasis, oh. you know, I like my hairline. So it bothers me because, you know, I, I take pride in my hygiene. So it's like, You know, and it's like, oh, man, does he wash his hair? Like, or whatever the case may be. And I'm like, man, you know, as you see, I have on all black now. And before I would never wear black because it was it's like, oh, man, I got to dust off my shoulder. And, you know, it was I remember going to get my hair like retwisted. And it was like, you know, the lady would ask, like, you know, are you drinking enough water? And I'm like, lady, listen, (laughs) if you knew what I've been through, like, I don't feel like explaining this. But what I realized is. I had to, I didn't have the education. I educated myself on what was going on. Mm-hmm. Now I speak with a confidence, right, right? you know, to be able to defend myself and educate you at the same time. Right. So I was recently asked like, you know, what's one thing that bothers me if somebody, you know, that somebody could say to me and, you know, I'm like, you know me, I'm a happy guy. Right. I, don't, I don't know. And then it dawned on me, somebody from like a support group was like, Hey man, you're so lucky. And uh. I was like, you know, my, I, I, I was like, OK, I'm mad now because none of this, you know, it's not luck. I woke up every day to put put the work in. And yes, I'm fortunate. I'm ble- I would say I'm blessed. Hmm. But am I lucky? No, no. Because to say you told me this, we're one in one in four. Yeah. Right. And I talk about it in a book. Uh, I detail that, you know, Joe's in Joe is in my book. I mentioned Joe. I mentioned Joe in the book honor um, because he told me it was such information that really helped me to realize just what I overcome. And he was like, you know, we're one in four. And I'm like, huh? He was like, yeah, you know, the rate of survival is 26, percent So essentially, you know, you can't get 26%. So it's one in every four people, uh, you know, survive. So I'm like, wow, if you line up you know, four people. You're that one, one that that survived, and then I upped the ante, and I went to go find out the statistics of people who make full recoveries. You know, quote unquote, full recoveries. And Tiny it's, percentage. It's ten percent. It's so small. It's ten. So of that twenty six, then ten go on. You know, statistics. Statistically, you know, and I use that. I always preface it with that because I believe if you put your mind to it, you right. you can do it. But of the statistics that they show it's 10% of those people going to, you know, be fully functioning. And, you know, for me, it's like, uh, that's not luck. No. You know, that's, that's, that's blessing. You know, that's, that's, that's God. That's the universe. And
0: it's also, it's work. It, you put in the fucking work.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I still do it. You see, I don't, I, I try not to give myself the credit. I find all the other ways. And, you know, I've been told recently, hey, you got to celebrate yourself. You so, do. You, you know, to be out here, you know, I told my wife, you know, I couldn't imagine a kid from West Philadelphia, born and raised, you know, <laughs> being out here in, in in Los Angeles, like, you know, it's like a dream world, you know, being from the East coast is like, does it really exist? Like riding past the Staples Center, riding past USC, UCLA. And it's like, these places really do exist. I never thought I would see this. It's and nice too. It is nice. And I'm <laughs> like, wow, you know, and it's, she was like, uh, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just taking this in. Like, you know, I had to mentally process what, you know, where I am and what, right. what happened. Like, you know, I had in n out for the first time I had Roscoe's chicken and waffles for the first time. And it's like,
0: yeah, be- before today he was abused.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I had to get the double double with the, the animal fries and a vanilla shake for all of those who are wondering what my, uh, in and out order was. And I hope that's a good one um I hope I did you guys justice um and it was amazing but um I took I, my wife I told her I was just taking it in and she was like you know you deserve it and I'm like y- I-, I do you know and it's you know I'm so you know humble it's like
0: it's work for me to be any kind of arrogant and now that that's the thing though it's not arrogance it's acceptance right arrogance would be yeah. like of course I deserve this. (laughs) Me, that's not the attitude that you have. Now, the reality is, hey, I worked really, really hard. I worked so hard and I'm here now. I worked my way here. I deserve to be here. Nobody gave me this. I earned my right to be here. So own that, you know?
2: Yeah. What I, what I tell people is I I learned, you know, it's like, I've been rebuilding my confidence, you know, so it's a difference between confidence and arrogance for sure, you know, for sure, so for me, I say I've been building my confidence, um and you know that's me being my goofy self dancing around in the mirror. you ask my wife like I'll just bust in a room and start dancing like, and I can't dance, but it's just me being me. I look at myself in the mirror like. I'll talk to her. I'll put on a cologne. I'm like, I smell good today. You know, I was like, uh, you know, or I'm like, man, my hair is done. This this is a nice style. You know, I like this outfit I picked out today. And it's just like what I do is I affirm myself in the mirror to just build that self-love, you know, and it's like, hey, I, before I'm like, I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, you know, who are you? Right. And now it's like, hey, man, nice to see you again. Uh, you know, I love you, man. You know, it's it's just I'm positively reaffirming myself in the mirror. It's like, hey, you got this. Like, it might be a day where I'm I'm feeling a little bit off, but I look myself in the mirror, and I'm like, that's the most vulnerable place to be. Yeah. Is in the mirror, looking back at yourself. Like, uh, man, we really went through that, and you know, it's okay to process that. But it's like, hey, we got this. And you know, I tell myself if I'm feeling flushed, I'm like, hey, man. Take a second. Breathe. You got this. We've been through worse. We have been through a lot worse two years ago and being a little flustered
0: today. We got this. It's a hiccup. That's all it is. It's a hiccup. It's an in the moment hiccup. You know, what's beautiful about the mirror, like just a clear mirror, just you staring at you. It's like numbers, the mirror and numbers. They don't lie. They are what they are. You're seeing that vulnerability. You're seeing that progress. You're seeing that stress, that depression, that happiness, that joy. You know, you're, you're seeing that. Now, I, I love that you're looking at yourself and you're like, yeah, I like you like what you see on the other end of that. Yeah, that takes work. You know, I didn't like myself a lot before my brain injury at all. I, I, I didn't I didn't even know who I was. Again, I existed. I didn't live. It took almost dying for me to figure out what it's like to truly live. And I think you kind of understand what that feels like.
2: I totally understand what that feels like.
0: And the fact that you can actually write about it and share, it's, look, it's not easy. None of this shit is easy. It's not easy even to do this podcast. And yeah, I joke around a lot and I play around a lot, but it's not easy to talk about something so vulnerable as a brain injury. We almost died. I don't say that lightly, even though I a hundred percent say it lightly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The, The reality is we almost died. Right. So, but we didn't. So that's why we're here. We're here to not get stuck in, in these negative spaces. We're here to grow and live and love and connect and share and help um, people along the way on this insane journey through recovery, you know, and I'm so thankful that we have people like Ty in this community that are leading the way, showing people that there is light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and it, look, you have to fight to get that light, you have to stand up one day and say, "You know what? I'm tired of everything being so dark. I, I everything is pitch. I don't even know where to go." So you have to seek out somebody like Timic in Timic's book. You have to seek out somebody in the community, any other survivor that resonates with you, and say, "How, how did they do it? Why did they?" Just try to figure it out. You know, gain some a different perspective, it's a little bit of motivation, right? And if you want some accountability, reach out. We're pretty cool people. We'll say, "Hey, what's up?" There's we're all in a million different support groups. Not all of them are equal. No,
2: not not at all.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> reach out and find your community. Find your tribe. You know, I, I I found Ty. Like, we just started chatting. I was like, yeah, fuck with this dude. dude he's a cool dude. And again, eh, guys, very difficult to talk to. I, I really appreciate, and I sincerely mean this, that you're so vulnerable and open and honest. And that there, there's the transparency is just, it's invaluable to me. I, I appreciate it so much because there's not that wall of bullshit. Well, I'm a man. I can't talk about that. You just mentioned, you know, like, yeah, I was crying. Yeah, I fucking cry every day of my life. It's not a it's not a point of pride. It's a reality. I'm a very emotional person. I'm a cancer, by the way. That's probably another reason why I cry every <laughs> single day of my life. Um, but it's something that that happens, you know, and I know a lot of other people out there need to hear that because they do that. You guys aren't alone. We are all in this journey together and we all go through a lot of the same things. Not one of us out there is going through this stuff by themselves, you know? And then you have people who are, and I'm doing quote fingers here, look so normal that are going through the exact same things. We have the fears, we have the discomfort, we have the depression, the anxiety, the stresses. We cry, we get bummed out. We just don't get stuck there. Right. You know, we, we we push through and do things like write incredible books to help the community.
2: The book, you know, is I it started out with just just an Instagram poll, and you know, here here it is. It's birthed and it, it's a real thing. You know, I'm I'm sitting here looking at the at the manuscript, and it, it's a real a real thing. And I it started out with with just a poll, and then I knew I needed to be vulnerable in this space and in a show that you know, what, what I really go through, you know, is totally is, is what you see on the snippets you get on Instagram is just part of
0: it. It's a know? small picture.
2: Um, yeah, for, for sure. It's just, just a day, a snapshot of, of what, what I go through, like, you know, getting up, imagine, you know, you're, you go from, you have to add so many, so much time to do different things. Like I have to get up and I have to, you know, I have apps on my phone to do brain brain games. You know, uh, to rebuild my brain capacity. I I have to do make time to do writing. You know, to make sure my writing is good. To to exercise and then get into my normal what my quote unquote normal day is. Right. And so my day starts well before my my normal like my normal day would start. So it's like I have to take this into account, and then it's. You know, it's a lot of work. Fortunately, I don't have a lot of medicine, but it's it's a lot of research. It's a lot of studying what, what things work for my body, what things don't work for my body. And, you know, just making sure I have the time and the capacity to be available for the people. You know, right. I told a lady that I have so many people reaching out and I think they, they really like the fact that I respond. And right. I was like, I'll never no matter how well this book does, I'll always be humble enough to you know, respond the best that I can, because to me, that's important, so you know, important. to be able to to respond. And the lady was like, wow, you really took time to respond to me. And I'm like, hey, we're, we're family now. And she was like, wow, you said I'm family. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is on on Facebook and I'm bad with names. And, um, you know, but she really took pride in the fact that I reached back out to her and, you know, I listened to her and I talked, talked with her. And, you know, those are things that that Keep me, you know, keep me going. Right. You know, it's not about me anymore. And I, I move from a selfish space, selfish space of living to a selfless space of living because I realize life is is more than than just me. So it's like, hey, if I can just hear you out and be that listening ear for you for even just five minutes that helps make your day better, then, you know, hey, I feel that, you know, I feel good. It, it helps keep me going, you know, lets me know I'm doing the right thing.
0: Right. It's I kind of see it's a responsibility for us. The fact that we are doing so well, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, imposter syndrome kicks in all the fucking time, which is really annoying, but we are doing so well. So I think it's kind of our responsibility to share with the community a little bit more. You know, if somebody reaches out to me, I will always respond back as soon as humanly possible. Like I, I sincerely mean that, you know, and I want to connect with as many people as possible and I don't want to leave anybody hanging because I know what it's like to feel so isolated and lonely. And again, I I say this, I'm starting to say this almost every episode, isolation and loneliness doesn't come from not having people around. It's comes from not feeling understood, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I, there's nobody that understands us. Like we understand us. Like we get it. We speak the same language. We understand this a hundred percent. So I'm so thankful that you connect and reach out to all these people. And that being said, if the people wanted to reach out to you, Ty, how would they reach out to you? So you can find, I'm, I'm primarily, you know, on
2: Instagram. Uh, so my, my, at my username on Instagram is at to the T. So it's T W O T H E T 2.0. Cause I've reached my 2.0. You damn right. And, um, my, my name on Facebook is Tameek T Y M I A K Hawkins H A W K I N S. And you'll see me in a picture of my beautiful wife. Uh, so that's how you'll know, um, that is my, my profile. Yeah,
0: yeah, she she she's a beautiful woman. You won't even notice Tamek is in the picture. Nope. I didn't notice. Nope. Yeah, it's like it's like I'm like Shrek, and and it, and it's it's uh it's Tamek right? now T- Tamika. Yeah. Oh god. Tamia. 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 Tamiyak. Yeah.
2: Man, I just got a call from like the doctor's office. It's like, hey, Mrs. Hawkins, and I'm oh, like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> wow that that's awkward. That's new. But yeah, that that is new. Um, and then you can also, you know find, you can go to my website. I have a website that's dedicated to, to the book. It's yes. Tommy So again, that's www.tymiakhawkins.com. And on there, you know, there you can purchase the book. Um, and what's more important to me is that, uh, I, I created a free survivor's guide which um, you can you can sign just put your email in your name and email and then you'll automatically get a PDF of the survivor's guide It's for uh, survivors and caregivers. It's, it's my tips on my recovery uh, from the perspective of the, the survivor and for, for the caregiver and just overall stroke um, information.
0: Amazing, amazing! I think that's the most beautiful thing. Also, the fact that you throw in caregivers because the caregivers need just as much um attention, help, and support as we do. Oh, for sure, for sure. And if not, you know, um,
2: you know, sometimes if not more because when we're fine and dandy and in the mind and in the body, they're still they're just beginning the process. Yeah. So I I dedicated a whole chapter in the book um, in page 10. And this was because of Adrian and her daughter. Mm-hmm. I never really looked at it from, from that perspective. When I see such a little girl as a caregiver for her mom and right. I'm like, wow, I need to talk about, about this. And, you know, that's what, that's what inspired me to dedicate a chapter because then I looked at, you know, my, my wife sleeping in a a hospital recliner. And right. I can't imagine from going from, uh, I think we had a, a No, we didn't. We had a queen size bed. Now we got a king. (laughs) (laughs) Think I'm gonna try to go to a California king. No, but um, you know, uh from watch you know, going from the comfortable space of your your own home to sleeping in a hospital recliner, and it's like, you know, for for three weeks and anything I needed, she she got and never complained, you know, never complained about being tired, never complained about anything. And it's important, you know, now I try to empower her to do the things that she likes and take care of herself. Right. You know, hey, go get your nails done or hey, go get your hair done. Let's go, you know, date night. That's still important. So it's, hey, I still, you know, I see you. Right. You know, I I see you. I appreciate what you've done. Even if I don't say it every day, I try to do things that that show her, you know, that I truly, even if it's, you know, putting no clothes in a washer and it's like, all right, I put them in a dryer, but. Now I'm tired. You know, it's like she's like
0: I appreciate. You're, it. You're trying to make her understand that she is appreciated, and she is. You know, she's uh, uh from everything I've heard, she's one of the the prototypical caregivers and, and an amazing better half. I say significantly better half. She's a very attractive woman. You know, <laughs> you and I, we both we're batting out of our, our 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 league for sure. You know what? I don't question it. I just accept it. Right, right. You, you know? you've seen my significant other. It doesn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm lucky, man. You know, that's where I'll say I'm lucky.
0: You know, I'm, I'm lucky. Yeah, that's you know. luck, not the recovery. Yeah. The recovery, hey, you, do you want to know what's lucky? All of us, because we're here. Right. And it doesn't matter what deficits we have. It depends, It matters how we attack these deficits. It matters what our mindset is. It matters. Are we going into this to get stuck in a negativity, or are we going to try to focus on the positive to really, truly live this life that we've been given a second chance at, you know, and that's where I'm coming from. And I hope everybody out there goes and checks out, um, uh, Timeek's book. It's we're getting close to Christmas. You know, if there's no better Christmas gift than a book from a survivor to a survivor, to a survivor's family, you know, friends and family to understand what it's like, to, you know, get through this, to go through this, to a caregiver. So definitely uh, purchase this for yourself, purchase this for your significant other, your friends, your family, so they actually understand. I mean, look, it's very dark. Recovery can be very dark. And Timeek is here is to show us that there is light at the end of this tunnel. Definitely check that out at timeekhawkins.com. Definitely reach out to Timeek at to the T 2.0. Correct. Boom. Oh I'm man, I hit. hit that shit. I can't believe I remembered yeah. it. <laughs> this is where I hit all the socials. You can reach out to my tiny ass kicking co-host, Lauren at Lauren El Manzano on Instagram. You can reach out to me at Joseph rocks on all the socials. You can reach out to us, the neural nerds at the Neuro nerds everywhere. So I, I gotta tell you, man, this has been awesome. This has been epic. This has just been a, a joy. And I'm so thankful for you and what you do for this community. I appreciate it dearly as one dude who quote unquote looks so normal yeah. to another dude who quote unquote looks so normal, but we were both very feminine crying in touch with our emotions type of dudes. <laughs> so it's super appreciate. It. Definitely go check out that book. And on that emotional two dudes note, which just sounds really weird. Don't Google that. Some weird stuff's going to pop up. <laughs> don't don't do it. <laughs> on that note, this neural nerd is out. That was dope as fuck. That, that was that, that was great. I yeah. can't tell you how much I appreciate what you do for this community.
1: I appreciate it. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. Your reviews help us grow and reach more listeners like you.
0: Find us by searching for the Neuro Nerds on the Apple Podcast app today.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh.